With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nerds and geeks, hold on to your seats because it's about to go down. Welcome to Nerdorama, the voice of the nerd nation. I'm Mo Kelly, he's Tawala Sharp, and together we bring you your daily dose of nerd news, analysis, and conversations with the best and brightest of the nerdverse. Nerdorama, I can't explain, and I don't think I can adequately express how excited I am with this nerd news. You know that we're big fans of Deadpool. Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2, doesn't matter. They had me at Bob Ross. If you haven't seen Deadpool, you don't get it. But my point is this. I've always loved Deadpool, and to think that now, going back to our discussions of the merger between Disney and Fox, uh, originally Deadpool was a Fox property. Now it's a, a Disney Marvel property, and there was speculation as to whether Deadpool, which is an R property, rated R property, whether it would be woven into the MCU. That is the Marvel Cinematic Universe where you see Iron Man and the Avengers. Would they be melded together? And Tuala, I am hearing that it's going to happen. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. You are dead right. <laughs> See what I did there. Wait a minute. Do you, do you need like a, a rim shot or something? No, I'm not going to give a rim shot. Go ahead. <laughs> Deadpool 3 is not only coming to the MCU, but it will be rated R. Can you believe it? Marvel has essentially given us all of the PG goodness that they can. With Deadpool, they said, Ryan, we want you in the franchise. We want you to be a part of the team. We are going to let you do it the way you do. You cannot, you can't, you can't dumb it down. You can't censor it. Although the Christmas edition of Deadpool 2 was really, really good. It was funny as all get out. It was. You saw that. No, I I did see it. I enjoyed how they flipped it. Yeah, but But it's almost like watching these movies on TV. It's like watching an R movie on TV. I can enjoy it, but it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not. There are some jokes that that happened between Deadpool one and two, you 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 can't even put them on radio. We'd be thrown off the air. The shirt scene joke, they can't do that on air. No, you man, know they no, can't do no, that. They, you know they, in yeah, a PG movie. The, no. Yeah, Mm-mm. nope, not not the shirt rocking it. You yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> Which is one of the <laughs> funniest visual jokes I think they've ever done. Yeah. Oh no, without a doubt. Deadpool is a treat and now to be able to see him interact with characters like Spider-Man because one of the best-selling Deadpool comic book series is Deadpool Spider-Man. The the two of them together is hilarious and now to be able to see that on the big screen, wow. Absolutely wow. Let's go from Disney to the Netflix universe and I say Netflix because that's what it used to be. Daredevil probably no it is the best 
Marvel property that was on Netflix. Netflix no longer has the rights to it. There was like a two-year moratorium before Disney could reclaim the character, or Marvel, if you will, and use it in the way that they would want to. What's the latest on the dead, uh, excuse me, Daredevil front? Well, now Disney has regained the rights to Daredevil. The only issue is Daredevil, like Deadpool, was essentially a rated R property on Netflix. But here's the major, major happenings. Disney Plus and Hulu are merging. We know that Disney has a controlling share and almost ownership of Hulu, but Hulu has been a standalone property. Now they've decided to merge Disney Plus and Hulu, meaning that with all of the new Netflix content that they have because they are getting the rights back to Iron Fist, to Luke Cage, to Jessica Jones, essentially the entire Defenders team, including the Punisher. But you can't put that on Disney Plus. No, they cannot. Where can you put it? Hulu. That is where we are being led to believe that Daredevil will live. The only thing I'm hoping is they keep the same cast. I don't know if Charlie Cox is dead as Daredevil was fantastic. Fantastic. I don't know if they will, and I hope they will. But my question is, will there be any more MCU continuity? There actually can be, especially when you look at how we were left on on just pins and needles at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, Uh where his secret identity is revealed. You got lawsuits to boot coming our way. There are now two high-profile lawyers within the MCU with She-Hulk, who will be getting her Disney Plus series. And now with Matt Murdock, lawyer extraordinaire coming to the MCU, who knows what can happen. Talking about coming to the MCU, let's stay right here with Spider-Man, the most recent movie, Spider-Man Far From Home. But Spider-Man 3, I know, has commenced filming on some level, commenced production, and there are rumors flying about, going back to the merger between um, Fox and Disney, that there may be some other Spider-Manses who may, you know, come into this universe of the MCU. Look, not only has Zendaya said that she can neither confirm nor deny Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man's inclusion in Spider-Man 3 alongside Tom Holland, but Sony has actually like essentially tipped their hat to it by asking the question, who is your favorite Spider-Man? You don't have to choose. In the Marvel multiverse, anything can happen, and they put out an image of all three Spider-Men together. Remind people how this can weave itself into uh, Miles Morales and that multiverse. All of that can now happen. You can have Miles Morales. You can have, you know, uh, Stacey Gwynn, Spider-Woman, because when you saw what happened in uh, Spider-Man, uh, what was it, the the spite into the Spider-Verse, they introduced the whole concept of multiversal Spider-Man. Now with this being able to happen in the live action world and, 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 and they were casting for a young African-American male to appear in Spider-Man 3, what else can that be? Oh, so much to look forward to. We will keep you abreast of all this information. Make sure you tune in to Nerdorama on the iHeartRadio app. Hello and welcome to the Bipal, the only online comic book review column that has gotten its invitation cleared on Clubhouse. 
My name is Hannibal Taboo. You can find everything you need to find out about me using at sign H-A-N-N-I, B as in bounce, A-L, T as in tough, A, B as in bounce, U, on most social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Plurk, Tumblr, Facebook, the back of a Darth Vader costume from 1978, and everywhere you want to be. The Bipile is composed of four sections, which I'll go through now, and these are reviews for books that came out December 2nd, 2020. The first section, as noted, is called The Bipile for books that are so good they demand to be purchased in the moment, or from a series that have had at least three purchase-worthy issues in a row, and will maintain its spot until there are three less than purchase-worthy issues in a row. Let's start there with Far Sector Number 9 from DC Comics with the creative team of N.K. Jemison, Jamal Campbell, and Deron Bennett. I'm sorry, that's Darren Bennett. I actually met him. I know how to pronounce that one. Ha! Strap in because you're in for a deep-dive sci-fi ride that's not like anything else on the stands. Joe Mullen is a military veteran and defrocked cop who fought the system now way, way out of her comfort zone as the only Green Lantern with an experimental ring and a lot going on. In a city of billions, she's tasked with addressing the first murders in centuries and ends up going all the way down the rabbit hole. What's great about N.K. Jemison's script here is the fearlessness with how she casually fleshes out all kind of new societal structures and areas of the city that are both alien and disturbingly familiar. Likewise, Jamal Campbell and Darren Bennett depict that world with wonder and horror in equal portion. The casual, breezy ease at which this world appears to come together is truly a wonder to behold. The great moments in restaurants in this series are always illuminating, but this one was a whole new idea on how socialization functions. This series is evidence of fantastic ability to push the envelope of science fiction, and this issue is no different, using the lens of a superhero procedural to expound on Jemison's inventive imagination. This time in particular, seeing the dangers of an information economy and how it relates to class structures both explores new grounds and gives the reader room to explore some things in what we arguably call the real world. For the protagonist to take this on with a limited but occasionally spectacular piece of science fiction lore is a very engaging element. If you're not on board, get your ticket, as this is one of the best things on the stands. Rating, bye. The second section is called Honorable Mentions. That's for books that are, eh, they're okay, they're good, you know, but maybe not good enough to get your money out of your actual Venmo or Cash App or PayPal or however you decide to trade in currency. There is nothing on the Honorable Mention pile this week. Mmm. Next up, we have the meh pile, which is for books that had the good elements and bad elements kind of wash each other out in a kind of a gray melange of ennui. I love saying melange and ennui, by the way, but let's move on. There, we find Civil War Snapshots number one from Marvel Comics with the creative team of Saladin Ahmed, Ryan Kelly, Rochelle Rosenberg, and Vic Sabino. This ground-level issue takes a look back at the dust-up over the Superhuman Registration Act, that pitted Captain America against Iron Man over the idea that super-powered people must be regulated. Like every Marvel incarnation of legislation to control the extra-human, things come down to militarized law enforcement putting forth neo-fascist tactics against the most vulnerable corner cases. Writer Saladin Ahmed offers up a story about Clyde Dabronski, a middling agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. who feels the need to level the playing field. From his undistinguished youth, he felt uneasy about gods and monsters making capricious decisions and most people having to deal with the aftermath. When Speedball, the New Warriors, had their explosive clash with supervillain Nitro on national television, Dabronski was radicalized to step up his calling and rein in the excesses of power. 
only facing down Captain America after the famous J. Michael Straczynski adaptation of Mark Twain's Letter from Earth shook Dabronski's zeal. On the other side of the coin is Yusuf Abbas, a Muslim teen from Toledo with, quote, minor elemental powers, who was inspired by, of course, Captain America. When the Nitro incident occurred, Abbas ends up facing the long shadow of a nation's anger, going along to get along and ending up captured by Dabronski. Each ends up confronting the other's perspective as an even younger child faces incarceration. The artwork from Ryan Kelly, Rochelle Rosenberg, and Vic Sabino does a lot with this flashback-heavy difference of opinion, carrying the weight of rebellion-inducing cap appearances and crowded family scenes. Rosenberg's coloring could be said to be dour, but the subject matter matches the tone. Therein remains the true story that doesn't get unpacked. Angry, frustrated people acting out against perceived threats from a minority don't disappear when a symbolic victory is achieved, be it in the courts, at the Electoral College, or at the end of a crossover. That anger still wells up in strangers behind you at the store, watching people cross in traffic, and while Dablonski wrestled with the dissonance between his values and his frustration, it's a much less complex discussion. The story lurking underneath this issue is bigger and more vexing than the inconclusive tale told on the pages. And it might be interesting to see where Abbas and Dablonsky ended up, knowing that Maria Hill, Captain America, and others who fought against each other never faced any lasting consequences. No, this issue didn't enlighten or entertain. It just deferred. So that rating would be meh. Next up, we have a section called No, Just No, and it's for abjectly terrible comics that should not be purchased under any circumstances. And I'm sorry to report, there we find Thor number 10 from Marvel Comics with the creative team of Donnie Cates, Nick Klein, Matt Wilson, and Joe Sabino. The All-Father Thor, now I want you to remember, Thor has Odin's power. He's like above God level. He's like at super God level. Let's move on. There. All-Father Thor is all but absent from this frustrating issue that posits the idea that Donald Blake, the manufactured entity Thor's father Odin created to teach the Thunder God humility, has returned from years in a place that was not a place, gone absolutely bonkers, and has usurped Thor's powers in order to wreak unholy vengeance. If you've ever read any books with a certain hairy Canadian, you know that Marvel stories involving implanted memories rarely go well. Donald Blake, he has learned through both his tenure in the Twilight Territory and now pilfering the records of Asgard, did not go to medical school, did not get bitten by a bullet ant on a humanitarian trip to Nicaragua, and really does not have the life he believed. Of course, that makes him very cranky. So, you might ask, he's what, 130 pounds soaking wet? He walks with a limp. What threat is he to Thor? Well, that's the weird part. Donald Blake took all of Thor's divine power. Remember the power I mentioned a minute ago? That Odin power? Now, Donald Blake has all of that. Yeah. Somehow he got that when he swapped places with Thor, which never happened normally when he swapped places, but whatever. Marvel style is how he slapped with the clang. And now he's returning to the Ten Realms. While there, he murdered and destroyed everything that he came across and made his plan to avenge himself on the legacy of Odin the second he got out. That's dumb, you might say. Odin left a being off to the side to become super dangerous, didn't email anybody, didn't make any countermeasures for this? Yeah, basically. For all the power and glory, the Asgardians are basically as dumb as a weekend recounting votes in California. For all his ridiculous powers, Thor lacks the ability to perceive threats that his father sacrificed an eye to gain, and apparently Odin himself didn't look too closely at many popping up after his death. Donny Cates, to his credit, plays all this straight, giving every impression that Donald Blake, it's hard to say, is a galaxy-class threat. Even having him wield Thor's old axe, Jarnbjorn, in a battle against Sif, the Thunderguard, and the Warriors of Asgard, who sound like they should be pretty tough, all of them being gods. 
The visuals from Nick Klein, Matt Wilson, and Joe Sabino do heroic levels of work trying to convince you that Donald freaking Blake, who beat the wheels off of, well, anybody, is even a bit near the end that attempts to put some more logic to the power-up, but it doesn't hold up unless you follow the jokerized theory that if someone goes crazy enough, they can do just about anything. While that might sell for the clown prince of crime, it's a bit too pricey a concept to connect here. Like, it's a really hard sell to swallow that load of malarkey. Making villains for hire can be hard and you can hit roadblocks on licensed characters. That's true. Fighting yourself, though? Isn't that a little too 2020 for its own good? So that rating would be no, just no. There were some other books that happened this week, like Batman Catwoman, which was a meh, or oh, what else happened? Black Widow number four, which was a meh because like they literally tortured her for like the whole issue. Miles Morales Spider-Man, Modoc Head Games, Ink Blot, Batman 104, meh, 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 but not even enough meh to talk about. So it's kind of kind of a kind of a grind getting through this week of comics, kids. So let's lace up our boots and try to do it again next week. As always, I'm elated to be here alongside my good, good friends Mo and Tuala. I'm very grateful for the opportunity to speak to you. My name is Hannibal Taboo. This is the Bipile, and I'll talk to you next week. Hey guys, Mo Kelly here. The new daily Nerdorama podcast is featured on iHeartRadio. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast feed to get your daily dose of nerd news. Also available on iTunes, Spreaker, and all the top podcasting apps. It's free and perfect for everyone in your nerd family. Nerdorama is produced by Tuala Sharp and continues to be a segment on the Mo Kelly Show. Weekends on KFI Los Angeles. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nerdorama News. Until next time, keep it comic. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.